Happy Mother's Day once again. Glad that you're here this morning. I want to say uh, hello to my mom and grandma. Happy Mother's Day to them. They're watching from North Little Rock, Arkansas. And so, hope that you are having a good day. And um, I sent them a Chewy's gift card, so I hope that's good. Um, <laughs> and so, no, but uh, happy Mother's Day to you. Happy Mother's Day to everyone uh, here. What, what a good day to be in God's house. Every, every Sunday is a good day to be in God's house. Every day is a good day to be in God's house. Uh, and so I'm looking forward to see what God has for us even here today. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to 1 Samuel chapter 1. We'll have the verses for you here on the screen as well. But 1 Samuel chapter 1, if you would like to turn there. When I think of uh, mothers, of moms in, in the Bible, this is the story that I think of. Now maybe you think of a different story, I don't know. Uh, possibly you think of maybe a, a Proverbs 31 woman, possibly you think of the mother of Jesus who is Mary, uh, maybe there's another story in the Bible that you think of, this just happens to be the story that I think of, when I think of mom, when I think of, of mothers, um, and what a, <clears throat> excuse me, what a mom, what a mother um, aspires to be, I think, at least here in this room, is found in 1 Samuel chapter 1, and so this is uh, during the times of those judges, when they are people are starting to live the way that they want to live, there were some and a few who lived following the Lord. So in a par- partially dark time where people are doing whatever they want to do, there were a small few who worshipped the Lord. That sound familiar to any part in another time in history, possibly. Um, this is one of those times. First Samuel chapter 1. Uh, I'm not going to read all of verse 1 because there's a lot of names that I can't pronounce in there. So we're going to. So there was a certain man from Ramatham whose name was Elkanah. Okay, and then you see the dot, dot, dot. There were a bunch of names that I couldn't pronounce after that. So we just didn't. We just moved on past that. Okay, verse 2. <laughs> he had two wives. One was called Hannah, and the other Penina. Penina had children, but Hannah had none. So Elkanah had two wives. Should I insert a joke here? No, I'm going to pass. I'm going to pass on that, okay? In those times, if a woman uh, was barren, it was typical at the time to take on another uh, wife so that they could have children with that person and then they can uh, keep the, the name going, which was very popular or very, uh, uh, very uh, important uh, to keep your name going there, and so that was a that was what they did. Now, every line in the Bible is not necessarily that you should do this, <laughs> okay? That, that's not every line in the Bible. In narratives or stories like this, the Bible is just telling here's what happened, okay? This is what happened, and then it tells you in the in the in the story as a whole, there are people who follow God, and then here's what happened, and there's people who didn't follow God. Here's also what happened. So this is part of look. Here's just what happened. This is what Elkanah did. And then now we're going to go from there, okay? Verse 3. Year after year, this man went up from his town to worship and sacrifice to the Lord Almighty at Shiloh, where Hophni and Phinehas, the two sons of Eli, were priests of the Lord. Hophni and Phinehas were not good priests. They were evil men. They were stealing from the Lord, uh, making it very, very hard on the people that were there. Not a major part of this story, but, but this is that time that they're living in where they're the people's priests and the leaders were, were pretty evil. Verse 4, whenever the day came for Elkanah to sacrifice, he would give portions of the meat to his wife, Penina, and to all her sons and daughters. So uh, imagine this, you, you come and, and, and you give your sacrifice and you have your table. What did, that, what did the dinner table look like? 
okay? You, you got Elkanah, and you've got wife number one, and then you got wife number two, and then you have all the children over here. That had to be a very interesting dinner time, okay? I would have liked to have been a fly on the wall there, okay? So here's Elkanah. They go. They sacrifice. Here's your portion. You know, some portion went to the Lord that was sacrificed. Some portion went to the priest, and then some portion went to them. And so he would lay out the food for Penina and, uh, and her children. Verse 5, but to Hannah he gave a double portion because he loved her, and the Lord had closed her womb. So there's a couple of principal things that we can pull out as we're reading the story. There's some nuggets that you can, you can kind of pull out of here. And so this is one of those nuggets here for you, okay? Just because you do not do something that society says that you as a woman need to do does not mean that you are not seen and not loved. Okay? God sees you. God loves you. Okay? And so just because you don't, you don't add up or you don't, you know, I don't do this the way that society says that I should, that's men or women, by the way. Uh, just because you don't do this doesn't mean that God does not see you. Okay? And Elkanah here sees what is going on, knows that Hannah wants to have a child, and, and Elkanah loved her. He saw her, and I want you to know that God sees you, okay? He sees you out there. Verse 6, because the Lord has closed Hannah's womb, her rival, that was, that's the word the Bible chose, her rival kept provoking her in order to irritate her. This went on year after year. Whenever Hannah went up to the house of the Lord, her rival, Penina, provoked her till she wept and would not eat. Do you have a rival in your life? Don't look at the person next to you. What in the world? I saw heads move a little bit. No. <laughs> okay, what in the world? Keep looking forward here. <laughs> okay. Uh, do you have a nemesis? Do you have, okay, maybe they're not a rival or a nemesis, but maybe we, tend, we can tend as humans to look at someone else and how they're doing and compare ourselves to how they're doing. And sometimes they don't help us. <laughs> Okay? And they show us and they talk about us and they show it in our face and it's all over their Facebook and whatever it is. And they're, they're going to show us uh, all the time. The thing is, this is during worship time. They were coming during a worship time and Penina is provoking and poking and, hey, I'm bringing my kids and everything else. And just the whole dynamic just had to be crazy for Hannah and for Elkanah and for everybody involved there. Her husband... Elkanah would say to her, Hannah, why are you weeping? Why don't you eat? Why are you downhearted? Don't I mean more to you than ten sons? That's a, 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 that's a husband's attempt at cheering up a wife. Have you ever been there before? But you know what? We do this, don't we? I mean, let's just, let's just be, all of us kind of do this. We see someone who is down. Or, or maybe might need some help. And so what we do as humans is we try to make up for something that we feel God may not be taking care of. And so we try to make up for that. And that's not a bad thing. That's not necessarily a bad thing. If we see someone who's down and out and we want to buy them a meal or whatever, that, that, that's fine. But, but that is such a human thing to do, that there's spiritual things going on in someone's life. And so we want to come in with like a temporary fix, you know. Like our, our, our boy is is uh, getting, getting bullied at the playground. And so, well, hey, come on, let's go, let, let's go get you some ice cream. It's like, thanks for the ice cream, but what I want is for them to stop bullying me. You know what I'm saying? 
So it's like there's stuff going on, and, and we did, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying that, that that's just a, a human thing to do. It's like, okay, I'll provide food for him, and I'm going to give you a double portion over here, which is a good thing to do. But when he says, don't I mean more to you than ten sons? Listen, there are spiritual things that we can only go to God for. And too often we try to rely on humans, human intellect, to try to kind of make up for what we wish that God was doing. And so we start leaning on other people. Does that make sense? And if we start doing that, we'll go down this road where we stop relying on God and we start relying on other people and they fail us every time. People fail every time. Every single time. Every single time. And so the answer is, Elkanah, no. No, I don't feel that way. No, you're not comforting me, actually, because there's something spiritual going on over here. And so I don't need an earthly, temporary, short-term fix. What I need is God to hear my prayers. What I need is a spiritual awakening, a spiritual something to go on. That's what she's looking for. It's natural to want to help out, but understand that that help is temporary God is the only one that provides help that is eternal. So we look toward God. Verse 9. Once, they, once when they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh, Hannah stood up. Now Eli, the priest, was sitting on his chair by the doorpost of the Lord's house. In her deep anguish, Hannah prayed to the Lord, weeping bitterly. So this is Hannah doing what you were supposed to do. If you have a problem, if you have things going on in your life, The temporary fixes are not going to last. So what does she do? She goes to the Lord. That's a principle. That's a nugget that we pull out. When we got stuff that's going on in our life, we don't go for the temporary fixes. We go to God. It's a great time to say amen right there. Let me help you all out. We don't focus on the temporary fixes. We go to the Lord. And Hannah is going to the Lord here and about to ask for a child, so that she can give this child back to the Lord. Hannah was a good mom before she was a mom. Okay? Hannah won mom of the year, and she wasn't even a mom yet. Okay? That's just, that's who Hannah was. She wanted a son that she could glorify God with. And so let's look at her prayer, what she says, verse 11. And she made a vow saying, Lord Almighty, if you will only look on your servant's misery... And remember me, and not forget your servant, but give her a son. Then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life. And no razor will ever be used on his head. I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life. What if we gave our baby to God? You know what I'm saying? Like, what if we gave our baby? Now, I'm talking to parents here. What if we gave our babies to the Lord? And we say, God, whatever you have for my child, that's what I want. Some of it is not parents. Some of us, we got some other babies. Some of us, our babies is work. Or our babies are that thing sitting in the garage. (laughs) Okay? Or we, we, right? We've got like some babies in our life. What if we gave those things to the Lord? What if we did what uh, Hannah did here? Gave praise to the Lord. Asked God... Not a selfish prayer. I want a son because Penina has sons. I want, a, I want a son so that I can give back to the Lord. What a prayer is that? Some of you, you're in this room and you would say, 
you know, I, I would die for my child. Step in front of a bus, whatever I got to do, I would die for my child. The question is, would you live for your child? Will you live for them? Listen, your number one job, talking to parents right now, your number one job is not that they make straight A's. Your number one job is not that they make the team. Okay? Your number one job is not to make sure they had fun vacations, whatever growing up, okay? Those are fine. We can do that. Study with them, yes. Go outside and play catch with them, absolutely. Go to Grand Canyon, whatever, okay? Do those things. Those aren't your number one job. None of that is your number one job. Your number one job is to be a model for them. Sacrifice for your kids to model for them how to live for the Lord so that they grow up in the Lord. You are the spiritual authority for your children. You are. You are. Mom, and I'm going to throw dads in here for a second, okay? It's half Father's Day, okay? I'm throwing fathers in, okay? You are the spiritual authority in your kid's life. It's not me. It's not the youth pastor. It's not the kid's pastor. We are supplemental insurance, okay? But what you are, you are the primary. You lead them, okay? If you want your children to grow up and be prayer warriors, then what should you do with them? You should pray with them so that they can learn how to pray, so that they know how to pray. If you want church to be uh, an important part of their life, then you don't ask them, do you want to go to church? You say, we're leaving in five minutes, okay? There is no, do you want to, you know, you, do you want to go to youth tonight? Oh, I'm tired. Oh, get up, okay? We're going to church. You're going to church, okay? Listen, you are not their friend. You are their parent. You are their parent, mom, dad. We're too scared that they're not going to like us or something. You know, you know, it's these, these small moments that they're not going to like me. Well, they're going to like you a lot when they're hanging out with you in heaven one day, okay? They're going to like you then. There's a lot of people I don't like. There, there's sometimes, I don't like God. God asked me to do stuff. I'm like, I don't want to do that. And I act like a teenager, okay? <clears throat> I just sung in church. Don't tell Becky. <laughs> that wasn't singing, really. Um, what was I saying? <laughs> it was good, whatever it was. Okay. <clears throat> no, listen. Just because you're mad, they get mad at you? Great. Great. Because you're, you're pushing them to what you actually want them to be, which is a Christ follower. That is your number one job. Yes, study with them. Yes, play ball with them. Yes, take them on. Whatever. But that's not your number one job. And what Hannah is doing, mother of the year, before she has a baby, she is taking her kids to the Lord. I will give them to you. You are the spiritual authority in the room. Now, I understand not everybody in the room is a parent of a teenager or a child right now. And you've got kids that are grown up. Understand, and I understand that there are things that play at that. Okay? And so at some point, just like you made the decision to continue to serve the Lord. Maybe you have a child that is away from the Lord right now. That's not necessarily your fault because at some point you chose, no, I'm going to keep following the Lord, right? So maybe we can't go back to when they were seven, but you can know now. 
you can absolutely pray right now. You can absolutely continue to invite them to church, continue to be mom and dad. You will always have a voice in their life because you are mom and dad. Always. And I love that prodigal son story, right? The father is just standing there with open arms. I understand that we have some of that here in play right now. But it's never too late to start Christian parenting. Okay? And for those of you here in the room who don't have a child, maybe you're a teenager in the room, and you don't have a child, you say, well, you know, this term isn't really for me. Okay? This is, uh, this is for somebody else right now. Hannah won mom of the year before she was a child, or before she had a child. So she knew what was coming. So teenagers or those that don't have a child just yet, this is stuff that you start knowing now. This is stuff that you start praying for right now. She said, I will give you, I will give him to the Lord. Verse 19, early the next morning they arose and worshipped before the Lord. Then they went back to their home at Ramah. Elkanah made love to his wife Hannah and the Lord remembered her. So in the course of time, Hannah became pregnant, gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel, saying, because I asked the Lord for him. The Bible says that the Lord remembered her. That's, that is a, listen, that's a powerful verse in the Bible. Of all the people that are on this earth, and then the creator of earth, the king of kings, the Lord of lords, remembered her and her prayer. That it was not a selfish prayer, but that it was a prayer to the Lord. He heard her prayer and he remembered her prayer because it wasn't a selfish prayer. It was a prayer unto the Lord. It's similar to what I asked the question last week. The question I asked last week was, what do you want? Now, I know that that was in the context of revival. But I didn't ask that question so that you could kind of weasel in and try to make it seem like that what you want is also what God wants and you get to do whatever you want. That's not, that, that was not it. When you say what you want out loud to God, you will know pretty quick, are my prayers in line with what God wants for me? Or am I figuring out stuff that I want for myself? And that's what Hannah was doing. There was not this, give me a son so that I can throw it back in Penina's face. That's not what the prayer was. That's not what, that's not what it was. That's not what the, the, having a child was about. I want a son so that I can give that back to the Lord. I want to give that to you. It had nothing to do with this over here. Nothing to do. So what do you want? Do you want your children, back to parents, back, back to mom, do you want your, is what you want, your children to grow up knowing the Lord? Is that, is that something that you want? Does that sound good to you? Well, you make that commitment, and then you do that. And you do the things, you model the activity that you want them to do. If you want them to pray, then you pray. If you want them to worship, then you worship. If you want to show them how to read the Bible, you read the Bible. You come to church. You do those things that you want them to do. Why is it that we think that we can make this commitment on Sunday at church and then let them go do whatever they want to on Friday night with whoever they want to? Like, we can't do that. It's okay to say no to your child. Did you know that? You can say no. No, I want you to do that. Yeah, but it's, I don't care. <laughs> I'm being like mean parent right now. <clears throat> but this is, but it, listen, this is their life. This is not, 
you know, like when parents say, well, I'm not trying to, you know, ruin your life. Actually, I kind of am, okay? I kind of am trying to ruin your life because you want a life that is awful, and I want a life where you are following the Lord. So yes, yourself, the part of you that wants a selfish, I do whatever I want to life, yes, I am absolutely trying to ruin that because that will ruin you. So maybe I am trying to ruin your weekend. Maybe I am. Because I want to look further than the weekend. I want to look to eternity. And that's what Hannah's doing. Verse 26. And when she said to him, pardon me, my Lord. She comes back after a time. In fact, there was, there was three years here. Pardon me, my Lord, as surely as you live. He's, uh, Hannah is talking to Eli, excuse me. Pardon me, my Lord, as surely as you live. I am the woman who stood here beside you praying to the Lord. I prayed for this child and the Lord has granted me what I asked of him. So now I give him to the Lord. For his whole life, he will be given over to the Lord, and he worshiped the Lord there. So there was a time of three years, first of all, nine months of pregnancy, three years where Hannah raised Samuel, and then at three years old, she took her baby, three years old, to the temple, to Eli, and said, I give him to the Lord, and he lived in the temple for the rest of his life at three years old. She would visit him, come back and visit once a year. (laughs) Think about that. Three years old. Think about, this is, sometimes we read the Bible and we think everything happens like that. Four years of a managed decision by Hannah. Four years. Think of the days, the weeks, the months, the years of decisions that Hannah had to manage. The decisions that she had to make to make sure that Samuel was on a path to following the Lord. This was not a decision that she made on Sunday and then she forgot about it on Thursday. This was years of praying, training, watching his first steps, his first words, and then at three years old, before he even the enters the preschool room in our church, he's off to the temple. But that is what commitment is. Commitment is not, I'll say something with with a tear on Sunday and then forget about it and do whatever I want to on the weekend, on Friday. Right? That's what a commitment to the Lord is. When we commit ourselves to the Lord like that, especially for our kids... And we can't say, like I said, we, we, we say a prayer on Sunday and then let them do whatever they want to on Friday. We can't, that, that's not going to work. That's not going to work for them. They're not going to be on any straight and narrow path at all. We want them to serve the Lord. It is an every day, every week, every month, every year. Commitment that we made that we manage every day. That we manage every single day. We're going to mess up Maybe. But the Lord is walking with us. The Lord helps us. Thank you so much for that. So we go to chapter 2. And Hannah sings this prayer. And she's so, or she sings this song and it's great. I want to read just a couple of verses here in chapter 2. Verse 20. Eli would bless Elkanah and his wife, saying, May the Lord give you children by this woman to take the place of the one she prayed for and gave to the Lord. Then they would go home. Look at this, verse 21. And the Lord was gracious to Hannah. She gave birth to three more sons and two daughters. 
Meanwhile, the boy Samuel grew up in the presence of the Lord. So a commitment that happened four years later, that moment of passing Samuel off to the temple, that commitment that she managed for four years after that, God saw it, God remembered it, and then God blessed. You cannot tell me that if we do not follow Christ the way that he wants us to follow, that he is not there to bless us afterwards, that he's not walking along with us. So this barren woman prays for a child, and God gives her six. One that she gives to the Lord, who, by the way, grows up to be one of the greatest prophets in the Old Testament. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Samuel is up there. (laughs) What a commitment from a mother who knew exactly who God is. I want to ask you today, Mom, I'm going to even throw dads in there. And those who are not a mom or a dad, do you know who God is? Do you know what God is capable of doing? And when we follow God, what He is capable to do as well, this decision that we make and then we manage it for the rest of our lives, I am thankful for moms in my life, ladies, men as well, who have blessed my life, prayed for me, prayed for me, I'm so thankful for him. I'm thankful for their commitment and their modeling for me of how to be a Christ follower because they, because they showed me the way. We get to be that for someone, don't we? For those of you who your kids are gone, long gone maybe. Maybe they have kids and they have kids. You know what to pray about for the parents who are sitting here today, don't you? You've lived that life. You know what to pray about. I want to ask everyone to stand here this morning. We're going to pray for, pretty much we're going to pray for the ladies in the church. So here's what I'd like us to do. Gentlemen, I'd like you to find some, I'd like you to find a lady to pray for. Maybe you're standing next to your wife who is a mother or your wife. Or maybe you're standing next to your mother or with your mother. That's fine. I want every But I do want every lady in the room to have someone praying for them, all right? So if you want to move for a second, go ahead. Go ahead and move and stand next to somebody. But I'd like every man praying for a lady here in the room, okay? Because it's so important. Don't don't stand between a praying mama, right? And her kids. Don't stand between a praying mama. We need to lift up these ladies to the Lord, don't we? Don't we, guys? Go ahead and begin to pray. Go ahead and begin to pray. Just lift them up, that they would be godly examples for their kids. Even if kids are out of the house, that's fine. Pray for godly example of those kids. Let's just pray for every lady who is here this morning.
Lord, we thank you. Thank you for moms in our life, for ladies in our life that have modeled what it is to be a Christian, a Christ follower. We thank you for them, Lord, but I pray for everyone in this room, for every, every person in this room, that they know that there is some coming up after them who need to be shown how to live a godly life. And I pray that we would be those models for them, Lord. Those older here in the room here today, we've given them something to pray for. They know what to pray for now, that there are kids and teenagers in our church that need godly examples. So we pray for moms and dads here in this room here today. We thank you for them, God. We thank you for them, Lord. We thank you that you are a God who hears us, who remembers our prayers, Lord. And we thank you for it, God. We lift you up this morning, God. Thank you for them. Lord, as we worship you this morning, we say thank you. Amen. If you think he's worthy, give him a hand clap of praise. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah.